remind yourself that like you're worth it and there's something that if it's something you believe in who cares what other people think yeah and there's always going to be people that are going to say like why you shouldn't do something but it's mm-hmm. all about that voice in your head that tells you why you should wait should we record this? wait should we record this blessings and blessings beautiful beings and thank you for tuning in to another episode of wait should we record this wait can we record this i'm sydney i'm chloe and today we have a lovely guest with us miss brenna Brenna. hi i'm so excited to be here thanks for coming brenna we're excited to have you on the podcast and so yeah brenna's here with us today brenna is my friend from maui from the coffee shop she does a bajillion different things she's a singer she's a model she's a play manager she's a jewelry maker she's a music superstar and a legend among us miss brenna thanks wow hey that was such a great intro oh my god i'm so happy you're here how are you doing i'm great you know i'm I'm doing good yeah we've I've just been so busy working and it's really nice to have some downtime with my girl and just spend time with you and get to meet you said it's it's been such a nice blessing to to meet people from across the ocean we're so thrilled to have you we feel pretty fancy today because we are in the studio the studio hey super legit today yeah we are in um, this is my uncle's studio it's the falcon's nest it's falcon's one nest. that shout out. yes we're shouting it out and <laughs> he was like please shout our our studio shout out, out so, to the falcon's nest yes um so we're just chilling literally chilling in this chilling. really cold ac yes. room which is a blessing in this summer humidity <laughs> yes yes we're excited and i'm excited to introduce friends to friends i love that part of the podcast too so i know the connection but, is amazing yes yes and yeah, Brenna, we wanted to just talk to you about your life, living, laughing, loving, all the things, and then a little bit about confidence, vulnerability, shifting careers into different creative avenues, lots of things you can speak to, and also more about your time growing up here on Maui, island life, island girl, all the things. So do you want to introduce yourself? Anything we missed? Anything you want to add? I, I think you really, I, I mean, I'm not like, a she's a jack of all trades. Yes, you <laughs> are. Got it. You might as well be. Yeah. I you just love well. to do different things. That's, yeah. I just keep myself busy. Let's just yeah. say that. Yeah. So Change where, it up. Where did you grow up? And so that's, you grow a, up here? that's a great question. I always have a really <laughs> interesting story or spiel whenever okay. people ask me, cause they go, are you born on Maui? And I'm like, I was not born on Maui. I huh. was born on Oahu. I was born okay. in Honolulu. I lived on Lanai for two years. So people are like, oh, you grew up on Lanai. And I'm like, I was an infant. So I was a baby and then I moved to Maui. So I basically wow. grew up on Maui. So I was raised, I like to say raised I was raised on Maui, but nice. Yeah. Awesome. Not born on Maui. Yeah. That's but, exciting. Yeah. And how what is it like growing up on Maui? That's a loaded question, but you know, <laughs> when I look back on it, I feel like I had a really magical childhood. I grew yeah. up in a really beautiful, lush jungle. Um, we had we were one of those families that didn't have cable for a long yeah. time like my dad was like you have books you need to read books yeah we had a horse Ooh. we had dreamy my dad had two cows we Fun. had a billy goat what was the goat's name 
Do they have a name? Oh my God. So um, it came, there was a storm once and like this goat just comes into our stable and Uh I was the first one up and it was me and my brother and I named it Mulan. Mulan. My brother still to this day, like holds it over my head. He's like, it should have been named Woody. Just Um, so you know. Mulan the goat. goat. So Mulan the goat. Um, We had like, there's where I live, there's a bunch of ducks. So I grew up with like, just really living this, really out there farm life super fun yeah farm life um and yeah is that the same home that you're living now so love it it's so beautiful (laughs) i got to take her there it's stunning my dad built it in the 70s so he built it he built it wow here but yeah i'm so blessed to live there and then we lived in town as well for a little bit which is kahului which is kind of like the downtown of maui and Mm -hmm. I've basically gone to in total nine different schools over my Whoa. lifetime. So all those schools. schools. Yeah. Jeez. But and did you want to speak at all to your Hawaiian heritage and what that means to you? Um, I feel like I identify very much with local, um, so like the local, local people. I am a very true local person. <laughs> um, so my family is from Lanai on my my local side. And I'm very passionate about Hawaiian values and just who we are as people and just trying to make it known to people that don't know about our history and where we come from. Um, I paddled canoe for 10 years. So I grew up on the Va'a, which is what we call canoe. Uh, We paddled to different islands and I just got to learn so much about our our culture and our identity. And I think it was just such an awesome blessing for me growing up. Um, And it sort of paved the way into who I am now so that's awesome that's amazing I also think it's so important to continue to like tap into your culture and spread awareness because it is something that is dying out and so to have that knowledge and continue to spread it and pass it along and pass it down through generations is so important for sure and I think that was why I look back and I think like two generations before me that wasn't something that happened you know it was like that wasn't something that was always encouraged, you know, like Hawaiians weren't even allowed to speak um, Hawaiian at a certain point. They weren't allowed to do hula. There was so much. So this is sort of like this reemergence and perpetuation of Mm -hmm. our culture. And it was just such a cool experience for me. Um, Like summer camps. I know you guys Mm -hmm. have a lot of summer camps there in in the mainland and our summer camps were a little different. Um, We would like learn how to catch fish we'd learn how to play hawaiian games we'd learn the hawaiian language how to navigate by the stars all these really cool things but it's more so the idea that this will be passed on from Mm -hmm. us like our ike our knowledge will be passed on to our future generations Mm -hmm. and it's just a it's like a great it's a beautiful feeling and i'm just so lucky that i got to be part of it and no matter where i go in the future i'm always going to have that part of me that will always identify Mm -hmm. with my people that's amazing have you ever lived off island i have lived off island oh have you tell us about (laughs) it and yeah i'm interested in like how that was in that transition and what differences you saw and if there's culture shock and oh so where'd you go i lived in london London, darling. Oh, la la. London. So fabulous. very posh no it, it really it wasn't as pop. I was <laughs> expecting it to be like this amazing, like, I don't know, like 
Notting Hill. Like mm. when I go there, I'm like, oh, everyone's like, everyone knows some me. like Bridgerton. Bridgerton shit, yes. Know? And then this like nice, nice little chap Ooh. opens the door. I don't know. Handsome man anything. rides up on a horse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> carries you into the sunset. Everyone oh has these God. sophisticated accents, which by the way, if you ever go visit, yeah. that is like not what you get. Really? No. I so I we were in the southwest part of London. Okay. So we were um, in a really nice area. It was sort of like the suburbs of London. Uh-huh. It's a and metropolitan what, city. What so brought you there for school? For school. For school. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I got my degree in English and it was. I mean, you have to go to London you for English. London. I have to study. Yes. My, my the English. proper English <laughs> way. Proper. My UK friends are probably cringing right now. Oh my God. Yeah. Sorry, any British people <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> Stop talking like Shut that. Shut the fuck up. Um, but. Yeah, so I I went to the southwest part of London and the culture shock was real. It was, I mean, I I'd never experienced anything other than what I knew. Yeah. So I I was used to being in a place that's small enough to where here we're very community based. Yeah. We will look out for other people and um, you know, you walk down the street, your car breaks down. Yeah. Usually people know you and yeah. they like stop by and help. Like yeah. it's just how we are here. So when I went to a, a city that was so much bigger. And also just culturally different. I'd never been to a different country, first of all. Never been That's out wild. of the country. Flew by myself. I I had a travel adapter. I thought it would work. And it was like, it was it was a rip off. The freaking lugs. They're so <laughs> the hard. They're horrible. Why so, so complicated? The culture shock. Even just having cars on the different sides of the roads. Oh, like, God. That was yeah. crazy. Um, but the way that people were, I would say that they were polite, but they weren't always warm mm-hmm. they would they would help they you. were polite but not friendly exactly mm-hmm. and yeah. it was it was definitely a challenge uh, for me but I I learned to get used to it and the thing about from my experience the people that I've met they're not always like I said they're not friendly but once you get on their good side yeah. they're like some of the coolest yeah. friends ever like I I literally talk to my UK friends my international friends on the yeah. daily to this That's day awesome. like we're all That's so cool yeah. studying abroad is an amazing thing hmm. I also studied abroad in Thailand oh and it's God. interesting because there was a ton of culture shock for me too but I think going from like a very westernized culture in the U.S. to a very eastern culture like it was completely different um I was there for a year and it was amazing but it's interesting because you're saying oh people were polite but not friendly Thailand I think has some of the nicest people ever like people were overly friendly and like would go out of their way to help you like even if you weren't seeking help it was super sweet but almost overwhelming too because I think of people in like the U.S. as being like a little more stuck up whereas like it, thailand's known as the land of smiles because everyone smiles oh, and it's just like so nice they're like such amazing people what part of thailand did you study so i lived in chiang mai which is in like the northern part of thailand but i traveled all over thailand and then southeast asia too it was amazing that's cool what was your what was your favorite experience like being there like well oh, I, I don't wash elephants <laughs> and I always I really did you wash an that. elephant you I wash- did wash an elephant and that was awesome you can't ride them. riding them is a big no-no yeah don't oh, want to ride them wash feeding them yeah there's like elephant sanctuaries you can go places that are like more humane 
Um, I don't know that that would even be on the top of my, I'm trying to think too, cause I was there for a year. So there were so many memories packed up in them. And like, while my time was amazing, I think like you, Brenna, one of my best friends on the planet I met studying abroad. And like, to this day, I talk to her almost every day. I take trips with her like every year. And so I'm so grateful for the people I met and the, yes, the experiences I had too were invaluable, but I think it's really like the people and the friendships that were formed that have what I've really carried with me. That is so true. And and now that I think about it, it was very, I had like a group of Hawaii friends that we all got really close. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So our, our, our whole, I don't know if you'd call it like a a group, we all traveled there together and we all got really close. And I feel like that was part of what made my London experience so amazing was because I had all these people that kind of spoke the same way that I did and had the same values. We still stuck together. So I think having that was sort of like our comfort as well. But and it's like a little piece of home when you're so far away from home, you know, it's like they're at least familiar. They can understand things that you're missing too. I'll never forget. We had this potluck for Thanksgiving and like the local kids threw down in the kitchen. Like we were all just going at it. Like I made lumpia, like we made like, I think we made like, we had roast stuff. We had rice. And thing is rice was like a commodity there. Like it was like, do the British eat rice? (laughs) They eat like buttered rice. They eat like bread. I've heard that like British food itself is, they're not known for their food. Isn't it kind of bland? I, I, I hope we're not offending anybody. Oh, I'm sorry if you're from the UK, but <laughs> to our British audience. Yes. I, one of my UK friends told me, I'll never forget. She's like, I love America. And I go, why? And she goes, well, the portions are bigger. Yeah. And <laughs> the, like the Cheetos, their taste different. Like they, is it still Cheeto brand? It's Cheeto brand, but what? it's like the UK brand. So they don't have a ton of chemicals and preservatives. Yeah, they're probably like way less processed, honestly. <laughs> it was like, oh. I love, give me the, give me that processed yeah. shit. Like I love, good. I love, <laughs> it tastes good. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, as far as British food goes, not my favorite. Yeah. I actually lost weight living there. Like, I, don't I, even I came stuff. back. Yeah, but um, they have great Indian food. Like there's a lot of, there's Ooh. so many cultures yeah. that moved there That's that there's cool. like some really delicious, like, you know, restaurants to go to if you can afford it. It was yeah. it's a bit expensive, just a little. But I, some of my friends, like they'd bring food and I was like, where did you make this? Like my family yeah. made it. And I'm like, all right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Drop the recipe. Think, what do you think you missed most while you were abroad? Miss from home? It's a good question. The warmth. <laughs> yeah. I was vitamin D deficient. I remember the first <laughs> so pale. <laughs> I thought so pale like I don't think I'd ever been that pale ever like I looked, <laughs> I looked like it was weird I could see like my veins like, oh God. I'm see um, you're like I'm a ghost I glow in the dark now I probably would have if you put me in the dark room I <laughs> you're like glowing <laughs> nice and pasty so I first I think it was like the first three weeks I literally felt like I was getting sick like I felt my stomach was sore all the time I felt very low energy they like I went to the doctor which healthcare is free there for everyone shout out to free healthcare shout out to healthcare shout out NHS um but it was just like so bad that I was like I don't know what's going on and we're about to go on trips and I'm like do I have some kind of like 
flew what's going on so they asked me and they're like where are you from and I was like Hawaii and they're like oh Uh, do you take your supplements I'm like what supplements like your vitamin d supplements and I'm like no like that's a thing I thought that was a joke joke. and they were like no honey like you need to take your vitamin d supplements and I remember thinking like all these other crazy things like I have a parasite I have a parasite (laughs) or like they're like are you pregnant I'm like I'm not pregnant I better not be (laughs) um but yeah very like very mind like just this oh little thing like just take some vitamin d supplements and, and you'll you be fine better. i felt better yeah i Good. definitely felt better after that um but it was so cold that even when the sun was out it was like you couldn't feel it That's i remember the, the first day when i got there i like i found this little pocket of sunshine in my room and i just <laughs> sat there and like like a campfire and i just you're like, like, a cat. You're like in the sun <laughs> like i was like God, are you there? Definitely further from the equator in London than you are in Hawaii. So definitely I missed the warmth. I think that was just about the only thing that I really thought about on a day-to-day. My dad sent me a photo of my backyard and I remember getting actually like upset, like don't send me this right now. I can't see this. It's too fresh. Yeah, never felt that way because I really like that. I love the London weather, but it can get brutal like towards yeah. the end it was December and it was like only 30 but it was like 30 humid, is so cold it was I couldn't do that it was like a and I feel like it's like gloomy all the time and dreary yeah. and rainy I don't know I'm a solar powered person though and I thrive in the sun and that was one thing with Thailand that I loved they have three seasons hot hotter and hottest and it gets like really hot. Like sometimes you're like oh my god I'm in an oven but I would rather have that than like moderate or temperate or cold weather I'm like if it could be sunny and hot all the time I'm happy sounds like you gotta I don't need seasons yeah she she is coming I'm coming to visit and hopefully we'll end up in Hawaii permanently after I finish school because I thrive there (laughs) you have no seasons the only seasons that I I joke with my that's the best hurricane season and no hurricane season (laughs) like that's yes we're in hurricane season right now we just dodged the bullet but yeah, and what if we don't get another? But, um, yeah, hopefully not. But we don't go really below like the seventies. is cold for us here. Yeah, uh, and that's like it's my kind of weather. Yeah, yeah I think we like it. I love California though. Mm-hmm. I love the. I feel like it's it gets chilly, but mm-hmm. I I think it's like a comfortable chilly. Yeah, like definitely cool. depends on where you are too. Like there's yeah. so many yeah in California for sure. So how did you end up coming? You came back to Maui after mm-hmm. London mm-hmm. and then what happened since then? Are you doing English things when you come back or what, English what happens? What um, I came back. The next I, chapter. Yes. I was going to finish my last, I think it was my last semester mm-hmm. at UH. It's been such a blur, but uh, boom, pandemic. And Ooh. in March, I had to evacuate my dorm. It was actually really crazy. Just we packed whatever I could because mm-hmm. that was back when they were saying oh just give us a month and right. we'll be back so right. I left mm-hmm. all my stuff in my dorm Jeez. um and we had to like literally evacuate my dorm because That's it crazy. was my dad was like flights are shutting down as we speak we need to go now oh, wow. um, and where did you go to school again I went to school at UH Manoa hey. shout out to the rainbow warriors is it rainbows or is it rainbow warriors uh, <laughs> like, what you would it? know better than we do I know <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm so confused by it, but I, I do love our mascot, but yeah, so I'd have to leave. Um, I, I left 
and I have not gone back to Oahu since. So whoa, we so everything's still in your dorm to this day, no, two years later. We had to hire, not to hate on UH, but they were like, "Oh, you guys have to go back home. We're not housing anyone." Um, but just so you know, by May fifth, if nothing's like, you need to pack everything out of your room, or else you'll be charged. Excuse so there. My situation was was better because I was an island away, so shipping wasn't horrible. But there were people that were like in New York, just you know, left people, it. They're like, sorry, international students that I'm that like, sucks. All that's their- rough. Um, so we had to hire a third party to come in, and like oh literally people that I was like, I don't know you, but I trust just that you're gonna my stuff. pack all my stuff and send some of my stuff home. So we just got wow. a bunch of stuff. I never got to have a parting Aww, with my room, but it's hard. okay. Yeah, it's just pandemic things, you know. But after that, I I pandemic lived on things. Maui, and I've been there, been here since. Um, yeah, I had some some exciting. I graduated. Yeah, um, congratulations. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, what a class to graduate uh, with. Right? Oh my god. I always make the joke that we're the only class that saw things differently. Yeah. Twenty twenty. We all were joking about that too hey. in the beginning. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Seeing life in 2020, exactly. boom, pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Right. here it is. Here's the vision. All right. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I finished my school online, which the Zoom to me, honestly, I realized I'm more introverted than I thought. I don't know if you guys had school during the pandemic as well. Yeah, but yeah, I had some online mm-hmm. classes. My my master's was all online, and I liked it because you could kind of come and go mm-hmm. as you please. And like, you're only required, you know, a couple hours a week of actual time. And then otherwise you can be more self-motivated, self-paced and it's, it's nice. And you don't have to like be perceived by everybody all the time. You can go camera off. You don't have to be like showing up in person every day, which some is fun. There's a lot of pros of in-person stuff, but I don't know, yeah. online can be nice. I don't know. I started my doctorate program online and I, it was rough. It was really hard to start this like super intense program and not have any of the connection. Mm -hmm. So I think I was like, oh yeah, I don't like this online stuff. And now I'm in person, fortunately, and it's night and day difference, but I also have a very hands-on program that I'm doing. So that I think what you're doing also, it makes a difference. I agree. I mine was just English. We just have discussions and I think it was convenient because I was like, great, I can just be in my like pajamas and I'll just sit yeah. upstairs, like make a coffee. And just, like, talk. And then- but there was parts of me that like, I, I like to dress up for school. I was one of those kids mm-hmm. that like to dress up for school and like, you know, like sit down. You're and, styling. Like, I like to be stylish. Yes. yes. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but definitely missed the in-person feeling like, and I feel like we all for so long didn't have that, like, you know, physical touch, yeah. like being able to be literally just being in a room with someone yeah. else that, you know, yeah. it's not human interaction. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was yeah. definitely missed, but it was also such a weird time. And it was kind of like my last full semester. So I remember all the teachers being like, are you guys okay? Like, do you guys, we'll just, we'll not have this exam anymore because of the mm-hmm. pandemic. And I was like, oh, that's horrible. Like, <laughs> yeah, no exam. Like, what do you mean? Oh, bummer. So, Twist my arm. I mean, I feel like I kind of got in a way like having Zoom classes. It was sort of like an easy way to graduate, yeah. I guess, like less yeah. stressful. Yeah. And, and the, everything was so stressful at that time. Yeah, like, everything else just taking up too much mental exhaustion. Like yeah. you didn't need school mm-hmm. to stress you out even more. Did you guys also feel like you learned a lot about like yourself being in solitude for so long, like things that yeah. you never would have learned had you been? Totally. Yeah. 
I really Definitely. like oddly kind of liked the pandemic. I feel like we all liked it a little bit in the beginning. We like, can't admit it. There were phases of the pandemic and like the first couple months phase when everyone was just like making bread and like like having family time like that was really nice and then it got obviously awful and there was a bunch of other things going on but I do think everybody came out of it with just different perspective on themselves and also different perspective on like the value of work and also what you want to do and who you are and what you should be doing with your life what you're allowed to be doing with your life and like I definitely feel like we talked about this a couple episodes ago of kind of embracing the fuck yes and kind of mm-hmm. like you only live once you might as well do things that get you excited and I feel like I wouldn't have thought that if the pandemic hadn't forced us to kind of shut down but so true Brenna I'm interested to hear more about you and like your creative careers and kind of exploring different facets of that because you're not doing English right now. You're doing many things, but you have so many talents. Like what was that like kind of graduating in the pandemic, figuring out what you want to do and kind of like trying all these different avenues? So it's funny that you talk about how the pandemic was kind of like, it. I feel privileged to say that for me, I, I luckily had it easy during the yeah. pandemic. You know, yeah. I, I feel like there are so many people that the past that I, I can't say it was like a blessing of course. for everyone. Yeah, of course. Um, but definitely. For, I definitely had, um a great environment to my dad was like just stay home like I want everyone to stay home and be safe and because of that I got to explore more of a creative realm that I never had done before so I started drawing more I started doing um crafts and I really started to tap into to being a creative and um it started with me learning how to draw on this one app that um my um previous boyfriend like he told me like he showed me how to do it yeah. I was like oh my gosh this is so cool so and fun. I started getting into it and after that it just was like I felt this creativity like come out and um and then I actually networked in my neighborhood which is funny <laughs> network um because <laughs> that's all I saw all the people yeah. I saw and this I got my a, bubble yeah this is literally my bubble um and I made friends with someone down the street that was like hey like I'm working I'm a, I work for HBO. Um, I'm doing this like upper management position and I'd love to have you be a part of our show. So I said, yes, of course. So it was kind of like my mm-hmm. fuck yes moment where I was yeah, like, never yeah. thought I'd go into TV production, but I said, yes. And yeah. um, we got a puppy during the <gasps> pandemic. Puppy. Uh-huh. We just got him. His name is Bruno. He's, he's my life. Um, but Thank we you. just had gotten him and then I got this job and it was one of those like, I was so used to being a hermit for so long mm-hmm. that I was like, wait, I have to go and move to a, a hotel and live there for four months with people I don't know. Um, but I said yes, because it was an opportunity during a time that there wasn't many opportunities yeah, present. Totally. So I took it and um, we just got Bruno. And I remember thinking like, oh, it's going to be one of those moments when I come back and like, he's, he's not, not going to remember me. me. Yeah. Um, so I go to this hotel, we were at the Four Seasons and I lived there for about four months. And um worked my butt off and yeah yeah Yeah. it it was crazy and I got to be in this whole different realm of like creative people just like in every department like you have directors you have um costumers you have wardrobe people you have set directors or you have set um set dressers just all these crazy creative fields and also just acting in general I got to make friends with some actors and do you want to say what show was on or yeah it was the white lotus 
It was White Lotus. Ooh, White Lotus. That's so cool. It was really cool. At the time, um, so we were living in a bubble. So I was actually one of the first of like, I think there was only six people living at that hotel when I first got there. So I got to have like some really cool conversations with the directors and I got to build yeah. a relationship with the directors and the producers. That's so cool. And um, I got to go and like scouts and, and see where they were going to film, how they were going to do it. For the really listeners cool who may have not watched The White Lotus on HBO, which we would 10, I would 10 out of 10 recommend. Incredible. <laughs> yes, agreed. Would you give us like a tiny spiel, like what's the show about? Sure. A bit of it's, a, it's a satire. Um, it is slightly drama, slightly mm-hmm. comedy, slightly everything. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know a satire, it's very subtle. So you kind of have to look for like the little clues and, but it basically takes place at this hotel and sort of the class difference between like working class, middle mm-hmm. class and upper class and the variety of problems that come from that yeah. and living in a five-star hotel that has just rich people that have way too much money. <laughs> uh, yeah. It illuminates so a lot of problems that happen in the real world and especially in Hawaii and anywhere where there's tourism, really, it's really well done. It was, I would say it really caters towards the hospitality mm-hmm. industry. Um, it very much has this feeling of like us versus them yeah. and our mm-hmm. problems versus theirs. And it has so many different layers of, like you can see even in each character, mm-hmm. what their personal issues are and how totally it just shows that even when you're rich and you think that you have it all together, it's yeah. like you have your own maybe superficial set of problems a lot of the times, but you have your own issues and no one's ever, they're all trying to get something. They're all mm-hmm. trying to reach some kind of like purpose. Like you can mm-hmm. see it in the, the whole show. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil too much, but yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> really good ending. Um, oh my gosh. But, so, so what was that like then doing that and being exposed to all this like kind of creative careers, different avenues, different pieces of the puzzle? Did that, was that like inspiring to you, exhausting to you? It was honestly, it was it was so exciting um but I was also so exhausted like the whole time we were filming because mm-hmm. we worked like no joke like 12 hour days um six days a week but I felt so like my purpose like during the pandemic I was like everyone had sort of an existential crisis we yeah were, like absolutely. what are we doing who are we was this what I actually wanted to do like and I remember I used to like think like okay something's gonna happen I'm gonna I'm gonna realize who I am mm-hmm. I'm gonna wait on it and this kind of gave me that ability to see like where I could go with things so of course I had a lot of connections Mm -hmm. and a lot of people that were like yeah like if you ever moved to LA like let me know and and all these crazy thoughts so I definitely got to have some experience I even got to be in a scene um on this so I got to be like they call it double dipping so Mm -hmm. I got to double dip um so I'm in one little mini scene <laughs> with the love of my life with Sydney the love Swinney. of my life yes and Jennifer Coolidge oh double love so it. cool so and you got to meet like the whole cast I got yes oh we lived together so we, <laughs> we all were like we all were together amazing <laughs> very amazing. close and I actually still to this day have a lot of great friendships from this that's um so cool. and I'm actually going to visit one of my friends hopefully Yay. in New York um, that's awesome you know it'll be really exciting so what other like creative things have you been doing since so I worked on another set after that it was it was it was fine it was like a little workout set it was cool mm-hmm. but um I after that I 
trying to like remember just so much just happens you have so I, many endeavors i did a lot of singing covers um i kind of took some time off just to to recoup from working on set is so yeah, tough exhausting. it's so exhausting so i was like i need a couple months just to exist right now and just relax so mm -hmm. i took a couple months off and then i was like you know what let's just do a fuck yes job i've always wanted to be a barista Hey. I saw this job on Indeed, and I was like, I don't need to like commit to a, a full time like career yeah, right now. Yeah. Let me just commit to something that I've always wanted to do and just get yeah. it out of the way. So I applied for Honolulu Coffee. Hey, and that shout was out! Where, that was where I met the lovely Chloe. Oh, that's where our friendship began. It's lovely, beautiful. Yeah. We love it. We love it. But yeah, so it's been really exciting to see you because obviously met you at the coffee shop. We became friends there and kind of like see you grow and you don't work at the coffee shop anymore I don't. but you have all these other really cool endeavors and I'm just like interested to hear your perspective of like what make you what made you take the chance to start your own business like pursue a music career and now I'm just telling everyone what else you do but Brenna also has this really cool jewelry business that you started and just getting into the like what inspired you because that's ballsy and that takes a lot of creative energy and just chance and belief in yourself and like what was that like for you so first I'll explain my mindset when I first started working there yeah. I wanted to get a job in a place that I didn't know people mm -hmm. and Maui is so small that you know people so I'm learning I, that already it's a yeah. tiny tiny island. it's a tiny place and for me of course I believe in networking and I was like if I yeah. can't get into these bigger companies right now at least I'll be in an area that has people that work for yeah. these bigger companies that I can meet. Mm -hmm. So I got this job at Anwailea just to meet people. And it was sort of like a great platform for me to just have to make some money and mm -hmm. just work on my creative skills. So through that, I started to make jewelry. It's something I've always wanted to do and I just never did. And um, started making jewelry. I Thank actually, you. she bought one of my first, Chloe bought one Aww. of my first pairs. And I remember it was scary at first. And I remember thinking, oh, it's just for fun. Like, it's just for fun. I'm just doing it for fun. And then guests would start to like. Yeah, yeah. People would ask, they'd be like, oh my God, I love your earrings. They're so cute. And I'm like, thanks. She made them. The barista right over there made them. Here's she the did this. Yeah, you can have them too. So I started printing out business cards and every time someone would compliment, they'd be like, what's your Instagram? What's your handle? And I was mm -hmm. like, oh God, like, uh, so I just <laughs> made one up and then I, <laughs> gave it like I would give them yeah. the cards um and then after that it just started to really take off like I I, I would go to the mainland a lot so I go to Michael's and just hoard all the mm -hmm. Michael stuff um and then I'd come back and I just start making all these jewelry um pieces and then eventually I started to create my business and it it started to blossom really well to where I was like I don't even need to work at the coffee shop anymore as much as I love working yeah. there I was like I need to to start focusing in on my yeah my career and my aspiration so got my business license it's now like a legal business awesome. um, what is the business hello and what kind of jewelry because like I haven't seen this so what kind of how would you describe right. the type of jewelry that you make describe it for the listeners what kind it's, of jewelry what's the aesthetic you have range you I really have do. a lot of range um it's like that variety clay. start out with clay because that was kind of what I could afford at mm -hmm. that time um it was clay pieces like I had some really cute butterfly earrings um I coated in resin so it's like nice and shiny and, and fun um I also do a lot of uh, I, I wouldn't even know what to call my my style of jewelry it's it's I try to keep it very minimalistic like mm -hmm. very you can wear it every day because that's the type of person I am I like to just wear 
earrings that just I can always wear. Um, and then I started going into more like finer jewelry, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. Like I started incorporating crystals and, and jewels and uh, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, so I'm still growing my business. Yeah. I kind of took a break from it just to focus nice. on my mental health, but I'm slowly in, but surely getting back into it. But I'd love to have you. I'll ha- I'll have to send you a pair of my earrings. <laughs> awesome. We love plug, them. We'll plug for the listeners. There yeah. we go. Make sure everyone knows where to go if they want some cute jewelry <laughs> from Momelia. Yes. Once I'm back up and running, for sure. Yes. 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 Um. But so that happened. I did my first market in January, and Chloe and our friend Amanda. Yeah. Shout, yeah. Are we? And Epo. Shout out. Okay. I like number one supporters. <laughs> <laughs> we had the coffee shop girls. We rolled through. And they swap me market. It was they awesome. Let it go. Yeah. Um, so I did friends that. supporting friends. Oh, exactly. yeah. Women supporting women. You gotta do it. For sure. <laughs> um, so that happened and and then I again took another little break yeah. from your work. breaks are good. You, breaks know? Are good. you can't like drown your creative energy. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said too of like starting things just for fun because yeah. I feel like that's what creativity should be. It should be fun, it should be yeah. and even like I wouldn't necessarily consider this podcast like art it's kind of creative and it's something that we just did for fun and I love that starting things for fun with your friends and your friends are going to be your support system in the beginning of anything and you don't know what it's going to turn into but like right. as long as it's working for you and here's something that like do you have any advice I can, yes I can like <laughs> share my thought process yeah on it. What do you have to lose? You know, like there's a, I think your ego gets in the way of it. And for so mm-hmm. long, I wouldn't do these things because I was like, oh, it's not what I, it's not like anything to do with English. It's not anything to do with what, you know, I feel like my family expects of me, mm-hmm. but what do I have to lose? The only yep. thing I have to lose is like just the idea that like, maybe I lose a little money or maybe, sure. I, you know, stuff like that. But it's like, it's yeah. honestly like, there's nothing to lose, but everything to gain in my, I, my perspective, totally. always will learn something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And I, I feel like when I make my jewelry, I really want to inspire other people that like, Hey, this isn't just a me thing. Like you can yeah. do it too. And just in anything in life, like pursue that passion. Like who cares if it has nothing to do with what you're actually doing yeah. for your career or just do it. Cause you never know. Embrace your fuck. Yes. Hell yeah. Exactly. That, that episode is great. Fuck yes. yeah. I have a question for you, Brenna. Yes. You brought up, you were like, oh, this doesn't have anything to do with English because you know, that's what you majored in. That's what you studied. And then you said your family also has expectations of you. So I guess my question to you is what did you think you would be doing? And then like long-term, like, where do you hope to be? Like, what do you hope to aspire to do? That's an excellent question. (laughs) So when I first got my degree, I wanted to be a journalist. I was like, what it's going to be when I first, I originally was going to be a teacher. And then I was like, don't like that. I'm going to become a journalist. And that's something I'm passionate about. When I went to England, I had that idea. Um, And then pandemic hit. And I just started to see how the news was like, just, it didn't entice me. I Mm. felt very like actually depressed when I'd watch the news. And I was like, I don't want to have this, me reporting about like all these crazy things. It's just so hard for mentally for me um, and not be able to put my opinion to it. So I just decided like, maybe not news, 
Um, so I kind of was in my own little realm where I was like, I would like to become a writer. I still to this day want to have published work. Um, what so kind of writing would you be interested in? I write poetry. I actually had um, a poem of mine published when I was 16, oh, like awesome. luckily by, um, yeah, the foundation. Cool. But I really want to become an, art, an author. Um, I also really like copywriting. I got to do an internship for a small cassava farm on Oahu during the pandemic and it kind of just sparked that in me I'm like oh I really like kind of the marketing aspect of writing mm -hmm. and how I can use that to my benefit so right now I'm working on my copywriting portfolio cool. and yeah that's what I'm doing with my writing but as far as expectations go I have no idea what my family thinks I'm gonna do I mean I have my own personal idea and I kind of tell them and they're like oh that's cool like all right uh fun mm -hmm. so like we're changing all the time but my dad is just like you know as long as I'm using my writing and I've I've found ways to incorporate it into everything I do and I yeah. feel like it's not a one-size-fits-all and I like the pandemic has taught me that yeah. um but I do I do a lot of writing for my work now which is really exciting mm -hmm. and that's still a passion of mine that I'm working towards Plus, I feel like even your skills in communication, whether written or verbal, from English, like from studying English and from reading things, analyzing things, having some like thought-provoking insights and being able to communicate, like that's transferable For sure. to a lot of things. And like understanding how to like read different people's perspectives and communicate to a variety of people in your audience. I feel like that's valuable for anything. I've heard that, I don't know, I don't have a site to, or a source to cite, but I've heard people say that like, if you don't know what you want to do in college, like do English because really? yeah, I've heard that. Cause it's like similar to kind of communications, but it's more, I guess, directly applied to like literature most likely, mm -hmm. but you're learning those like critical thinking skills and analysis and communication that you don't always get. Oh, for sure. Majors. And I think it's so, such a benefit to like be able to speak eloquently and like yeah. use higher vocabulary fancy vocabulary fancy vocabulary <laughs> but um oh, no I, I feel like people are like do you regret getting your degree in English and I'm like heck no a degree I, is a degree honestly yeah I mean but in general though I feel yeah. like I picked the right one because I'm gonna yeah. publish a book like yeah. I will do that I will do you know I, I write I write a lot for my job which I'm very mm -hmm. thankful and it's exciting to me and yeah. words excite me like I wish I could be more of like a, a physical visual artist where mm. I can do paintings and stuff mm -hmm. but my brain thinks more in words mm -hmm. so it's like you're creating a you have like this palette of words and you yeah. create something like you create a masterpiece with your words and that's why I find it so intriguing and I I don't know I just think it's yeah. like it's still to this day I still use my degree yeah but that's awesome well I think a great thing too is we are expected to like know what we want to do at such a young age which is like not realistic but also I think so many people put their identity in what they do. And I think you're a great example of this, Brenna. Like I just met you, but it's clear, like you can do so many things and be so many different types of people. And just because you start doing one thing doesn't mean that's what you have to do forever. You know, like passions can change, interests can change. And I think it's like, as long as you're following your passion and what makes you happy, then what more can you want? You know, that's great. And that's so true. I mean, a year ago I was turning 24 and I was like, so anxious I remember thinking what am I doing with my life like I'm not I don't feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose and then I turned 25 just a week ago um happy belated happy belated birthday <laughs> but I remember thinking like 
I should be feeling, why am I not feeling anxious about what I'm doing? And it's because I'm finally now not caring about the stigmas and what people are going to say about what I'm doing, but I'm just doing it. And my letting go of all those expectations. Letting go yes. of it. And that is when you try, when you find true freedom, because mm-hmm it's just, it's so relieving when you can just do whatever you want and you don't feel like, okay, I don't care what other, everyone else has to say about it. I'm going to do it. And this is what I'm set to do. Like, and this might not be like a, a long-term thing. This yeah. is going to be me like feeling it out, but I'm going to do it. And uh, my brother is a perfect example. Like he's uh, 20 now. He just turned 20 in February. And he's kind of going through that where he's like, what is my identity? What am I doing? And it was so inspiring when, um, so I'll go into my music in a second, but he comes up to me and he tells me like, I now want to learn guitar. I now want to learn these instruments. And like, to me, I was like, please do it. Like, even though you've never thought about doing it before, just do it. Nike, (laughs) just do it. it. But but like, seriously, (laughs) just do it. This episode sponsored by Nike. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Um, But like, what do you have to lose? Literally, like, what do you have to lose? You have nothing but only gains to like yeah. to get from this experience totally. so yeah that's awesome yeah do you want to talk a little bit about your music career sure because that's a huge one that we haven't talked about at all yet Absolutely. let's hear it <laughs> so I've always sang like ever since I was a little kid I'm I'm Filipino so if you know anything about Filipinos we love our cuddle day. <laughs> um I was like that little two-year-old that had the mic I could sing oh before God. I spoke but um recently I just decided to like, I I would always protect it. I'd always protect singing because it was like the number one thing in my life that I was like, this is what I feel like I I really would do good at. And I just am so excited to sing, but I could never share it with the world because I was so protective of it. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point I was like, literally, fuck it. Let's just, let's do this thing. So my uncle who owns this studio, he's always inspired me to do, to pursue music and to sing and Every time I'd visit my mom, he would be there and he'd be like, let's play this song. Let's learn this song. Like, I want you to learn two new songs by the time you come back. And, and now he told me like, Hey, we're starting to do gigs at this one place. Do you want to come by? And I just said, okay, one time. And after that, I just fell in love with it. And I was like, we need to do this more often. So it became a weekly thing. And just recently I told him I'm, I want to do a show. So Woo-hoo! yeah. Awesome. When's your show? So it's August 5th. Coming up, yes. for all the listeners, we'll have to do a big plug. We'll do a big plug at the end. We'll give all the deets cool. for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have any like advice to anyone or like going through that, trying to figure out similar to you, similar to your brother? Like it sounds like kind of trusting your gut and just being okay with trying new things and not worrying so much about if it's going to be perfect or you're not going to be a professional your first go. But do you have any advice or reflections on that? Totally. I. I am someone who's extremely insecure about my singing and my performances, but there's a certain understanding that like, you're going to mess up. It's going to happen, but it's all about how you rise up from Mm -hmm. that. And being okay with being vulnerable is honestly one of the best things that I've ever done and saying, yeah, I might mess up, but it's all about how you move on from that. And even though you're not the best at it, if you keep waiting, you're going to wait for the rest of your life. Yeah. So at a certain point, you just have to say, you know what, I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to see what, what happens from it. Um, when I sing at gigs, I always feel like, oh, was I good enough? You know, I always, and everyone has those thoughts and mm-hmm. it's not just 
someone just at one point is like, I'm so good. And yeah. maybe there are people that are like that, but Probably I'm definitely never not. Away. Yeah. But it's the idea that like, okay, I messed up. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more so resiliency and like how you bounce back from that and how you continue to use that to move yourself up and mm-hmm. challenge yourself. I think that's always something that's really important is if you challenge yourself rather than limit yourself because mm-hmm. of your abilities. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not good enough for this. So I'm not going to do it. You'll always be what you think you are. So mm-hmm. if you are thinking, oh, I'm not good enough, then you I feel like, be, you, yeah. yeah. So you have to believe in yourself. You have to have some confidence in yourself, despite what other people say, mm-hmm. despite what other things happen to you. It's like, you have to know in yourself that, hey, I believe in me. And that's yeah. all that should matter. That's a, a very I believe in me. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's just funny too. Cause it's like, it's so much easier said than done. Totally. And I feel like when we talk about like overcoming insecurities and like leaning into vulnerability, like it's easy to say, Oh yeah, just don't care what people think and whatever. And I, I mean, I would consider myself that way too, but it's like, when you try to describe, like, how do you get there? Where does that come from? I like what you said about like, I believe in me, but how did you get to that point where you could trust yourself and you could believe in yourself. That just comes with like time and understanding that. Yeah. Sometimes you don't. You just gotta sit with yourself. My imposter syndrome has, I think it's been at an all time high if I can be super honest. Um, Once I committed to that show, I remember thinking like, oh, I was so excited for it. I was so excited. Mm -hmm. And then once we committed and I put the poster up, I was like, Uh oh "Oh my God. (laughs) Like I was like, I like the oh shit moment. Yes. I posted it and I literally was like, okay, I can't look at my phone right now. Like I need to like step away just because again, I have to remind myself, I believe in me. That's all that matters. Who cares what happens to the show? You know, like it's, it's going to be great. You just have to have that mindset, but definitely having to remind yourself that like you're worth it. And there's something that if it's something you believe in, who cares what other people think? And there's always going to be people that are going to say like, why you shouldn't do something, but Mm -hmm. it's all about that voice in your head that tells you why you should. Um, I think too, Chloe, to answer your question, like maybe a bit of trial and error, Brenna, like you put yourself out there and succeeded enough to be like, Oh, I do believe in me. Like even with your jewelry, you went out on a whim and now you have this successful business or being like, oh, okay, let me just try it. And like, oh, I didn't completely crash and burn. Maybe I have more of a handle on this than I thought I did. Yeah. yeah and you always prove yourself wrong when you mm-hmm. believe in yourself. And there's something that's so amazing when you have confidence in yourself and it's almost like you're in your own little bubble, you know, and it's like, whatever comes at me, it's like, as long as I believe in myself and I, I know my abilities and I know what I'm capable of. I might not be perfect, but I'm willing to try to, to not be perfect, but try to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that's so powerful with being in your own power and your own energy and not allowing other people's like energy or other people's doubts, which a lot of times are insecurities to bring you down. Yeah. Um, and I've, another thing I've cut out a lot of of people in my life that Mm -hmm. I feel you need to protect your energy. I've learned this year, like energy is so important and who you're around is everything as well. And if you're with people who are constant downers or like, you know, just just draining, draining, it's like, unfortunately you have to get, understand that maybe that's the end of their story in the book and like Mm -hmm. you need to move forward. (laughs) Their Um, character is being cut from the plot. (laughs) End of their chapter. Yes. Uh, But it's, that is also something that's so important. And I think part of how I got to this point is the support group that I've had. So 
surrounding yourself with people that lift you higher and don't bring you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I paddled canoe for you know so many years, and one thing that we always had to do, and no matter who that person was, if the boat didn't feel like it was running the way that it should have, we would have to cut people out because mm-hmm. unfortunately yeah. it was kind of like dead weight. It's like okay, well, unfortunately you don't make the cut. Yeah, and I think that way, and why bringing it around full circle, why I believe in that now, and I still use that analogy is because I think about that. Like, are the people in my boat? pulling their weight or are they going to drag us down? So how, how is that going to benefit me? How is that going to benefit others? So when I'm around people like you and and you said, I just met you, but I feel (laughs) you're so uplifting, but being around those people, that's going to lift me higher. If I'm around someone that's constantly doubting themselves, but also Mm -hmm. indirectly doubting me, it's like, I don't have time for that. My energy is too valuable. And and totally. Amen. We have to view our energy as like, this is my my own it's currency energy is currency and it's some of the most valuable currency in my opinion like have you ever been with someone that's just like negative 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 and you just realize gossip 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 and you're like why is this something that I'm a part of if I don't even have anything to contribute to it you know like it's that same idea where you gotta just yeah we were talking about that a little bit last week um when Sydney and I were talking about friendship and I'm not sure if we, we talked about it on the podcast or not, but we were saying like your friends are a reflection of you as well. So even when you're not around your friends out in the world, like people will look at them, their, those people yeah. like, oh, they're friends with Brenna and that reflects on you. And so also trying to build your circle of people that you're stoked about, that you're proud to be associated with and that are lifting you up, but also kind of representing you well too when they're out in the world and their various circles, but yeah, the, your totally. friend group and your, your community, your circle is so important. It's so true. And I mean, it's so easy to hate, like, it's so easy to put hate out into yeah. the world. Like it's so easy to say what I dislike in someone. And it, it's like when you're around people that, you know, if you were to leave or you were, you know, like you would speak only good yeah. and you believe in only yeah. good and you attract only good. And that's just my idea. It's like yeah. attraction is the truth. If yeah. you put out good feelings and you, I, you know, we speak well of each other and I feel like that just radiates throughout, you know, yeah. you attract. Yeah. Well, we operate on vibrations and frequencies and there's a saying that where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're surrounded by people that bring you down and are negative all the time, that's where your focus goes. And then it's no coincidence that like, oh, nothing in life is working out for me. You're going in my favor. And then when you shift that, and you're around people that you aspire to be like, or people that are uplifting and really positive influences, then you notice like, oh, I'm not having to try as hard and things are just flowing in this natural state and happening for me. Like the universe makes no mistakes and things are meant to be. And not to turn this into like this philosophical talk now, but yes, energy is important. And where what you surround yourself with will reflect and things will move at that frequency the universe energy does not lie and I feel like you're also such an intuitive person I oh my god like (laughs) you want to that's something that I've learned about Brenna having been friends with Brenna like she is so good at reading people and the way that she picks up on people's energies like we've had some people that we've both known in the past and she's like, uh-uh, bad news. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. I don't know, they seem cool. And then they end up, you know, showing their true colors later. And they're like, damn, you called that. Oh, you're right, you're right. But yeah, I feel like that's that's good to kind of lean into what makes you feel good. And also like in finding 
ways to kind of like fight past your insecurities like do things for you yeah and don't do it for other people like the show that you have coming up like you're not doing that for the audience you're not doing that you know to impress any person or like accomplish something for somebody else like you're doing that for you because it's exciting it's challenging it's moving you forward and I feel like if you can make decisions like that you have a higher chance of enjoying it and like even this podcast like we're doing this for us like me and Sydney's podcast for us it's not for any like you know I mean goals are important too and that's kind of a separate thing but when you're just starting and you're trying to get over that like imposter syndrome like just do it for you and like make that be the accomplishment because that's in your control and you can be proud of yourself if you're just doing it for you and you're putting you know your best foot into it and if it makes you happy and it brings you joy and you feel good then more power that's to you one. even if do it doesn't it. work out like that's good that's yeah wonderful. and you could say hey I tried it and you're being bold and brave and that's awesome yeah well I do have to say that I'm so proud of you like having a podcast oh I mean I, just, I don't know that's <laughs> this hobby I think it's lovely that you guys you. are doing something like this because this is the truth it's like if you're having fun like why not like yeah it's true we love our podcasts we really do (laughs) even if no one else likes it we like it and that's all that matters again such a cool opportunity to like share conversations with our friends but also like promote our friends like I'm proud of you too and you're doing so many different things and crushing them all and it's exciting to see you grow in that process and you know I've only known you for like a year but I've seen the crazy amount of growth that you've been through in the past year and seeing you kind of push yourself and challenge yourself and why the fuck not? Let's try it. Let's see what I can do. Like, I want to show myself how far I can go. It's inspiring too. And it's really cool to like be your friend and supporter, but also just be like a fan. Like you're crushing it. And we're very excited for all of you. All right. So let's plug it all. Yes. Give us the jewelry, the show, all the deets for the listeners. What do you want to promote? What do we got? So we, you can find me on, well, my Instagram, my main Instagram is Brenna Malier. Um, We'll tag you. you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, My jewelry account is Momi Malier. So it's, it's like, how do you spell that? M-O-M-I-M-A-L-I-E. So beautiful. Not mommy, but Momi. 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 Sorry, Um, mommy. (laughs) Not mommy. Um, mommy Malier, yes. and my uh, music account is Amore Music. So my yeah, will you tell us name, about that? Yes. So my stage name is Amore. I came up with that last year, literally on my drive to work. Love like, it. Love um, it. and it it's just sort of my alter ego that I tap into. Love it. You're Sasha Sasha Fierce. Exactly. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Except she's a little emotional. No. um, So how do you spell Amore? E M O R E. And what does that mean to you? You were telling me. I want to share with the share with the listeners. Um. I find music for me was always like a therapy growing up. You know, I I had divorced parents and I just had like kind of a interesting childhood. But for me, something that always was a part of me was. Uh, music and I feel like there's a whole emotional connection that I have to music and so in more I love love <laughs> that sounds so weird we love love who doesn't love more love? <laughs> love emo if you want to consider emo that love. as a part of it all right I like oh, it oh, yes 
little Love volatile. It. Okay, but so Amore Music yes. is the handle. Amore Music. Lovely. And I will be having my first concert <gasps> on oh on August 5th, which is pretty soon. Pretty soon. Um, at the Maui Coffee Attic. It's in Wailuku, and it will be from 6 to 8 p.m. There will be no um, alcohol or drugs permitted. We're just trying to keep it a kid-friendly show, and it's going to be a nice under-the-stars moment. I have my family who will be performing with me, so I awesome. can't forget them. Um, it's more in the Falcons. My cousin's girlfriend, Marie Gonzalez, is she has like the prettiest voice ever. She's going to be opening. Yay! Um, so definitely come through to support them as well. It's ten dollars uh, for regular admission, fifteen for VIP. Yeah. and um she got to hear us sing. yes i'm super awesome. excited i saw i saw them perform they actually we had a little graduation party um maybe about a month ago for for me and for my cousin who we both just graduated and we had a live performance from amora music and the falcons so and special Marie G. Yeah, it and was Levi. It, and Levi, all the people, the whole fam. Brenna has such a talented family and they were all performing. Thank they you. did beautiful covers, guitar, singing, whistling, all kinds of stuff. It was just so fun. They're so talented and I'm very excited for the show. So we'll definitely plug the poster, plug the Instagrams and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Go check them out. Yes. Give them a follow. Support them. Thank you. Blast them up everywhere. Buy some jewelry. Go to some shows do that but anything else you want to like share with us or share to the listeners any kind of overall advice or thoughts or anything don't be afraid of who you are and don't deep okay show the world who you are i know that's so deep but (laughs) um and keep yourself busy like i mean keep yourself busy doing things you love not i'm not encouraging (laughs) work environments but i'm saying like i'm my calendar is like, I'm just constantly busy doing stuff that I love. And I feel so fulfilled. Of course I get tired. And like, of course there's times you need rest, but if you keep yourself busy, like doing things that you love, just because you love them, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't matter what else you get from it. And who knows what could happen. So don't be afraid to be who you are. Don't be afraid to do what you love. Don't be afraid to love what you do. So my dad always says, if you love what you do, you don't ever work a day in your life. Love that. True. there you go yay well thank you thank brenna you. oh my gosh thank you for yeah, thanks for coming on, on brenna so nice to meet you sydney this was such an awesome blessing. yay I'm so blessed it was so here. good to meet you too wish i could be at your show but i'll be there I'll, like virtually tune in or something and thank you to the falcon's nest yes studio shout out falcon's Nest for hosting us in this lovely studio and <sighs> the very cold ac yes i'm feeling on. refreshed it's good it's there good. we go thank you well, thank- for listening yeah thanks for tuning in blessings and blessings beautiful beings we'll see you later bye Peace. toodles